The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 79. This is part two of my interview with Kat Wilden about working with the secret and the law of attraction. In part one last week, we talked a lot about the philosophy, in Kat's own words, about working with the secret. And in this part, we get into some of the nuts and bolts and some of the details about how she views things, some of the tools that she uses. And uh, yeah, the the discussion went a lot longer than 45 minutes. So here is the second half. I hope you enjoy it. And as always, let's have some fun as we unpack the secret with Kat Wilden. I want to touch on specificity and what you were just talking about reminded me of belief iq and what you offer for spiritual coaching and one of the coolest things about belief iq is you end the session with your first tangible achievable step towards that thing and so you're kind of you're putting it in motion you're putting the law of attraction in motion at the end of that session and i think that's such a cool thing i ran out of eloquence not that i started with any but (laughs) done but the specificity this is i feel like now i'm trying to understand what this episode is about and i have things to say now we're in so i'll edit this and i'll take out something that was dumb but the specificity is key because if you say like oh i just want i just need a car So, like, sure, it gives the universe a lot to work with, but it's also so widespread. And so, like, I want just whatever. And so they're like, okay, maybe that's a bad example. But if you specify what you want and you get very particular and very specific on what you're looking for, the more specific you can get, the more narrowed down and powerful the vibrational track is. So you will be attracting it stronger. So instead of, like, this... Let's say that you have, this is not an accurate unit of measurement, but let's say that there's 50 pounds of pressure. And so if you have it widespread over 10 feet, like I just need a new car and it's this widespread, it's kind of like this lame wind of like, I'll find you a car eventually. (laughs) Or if you can like specify like, hey, this is, I've done my research. I've looked into what would be the best, what's actually in my current budget unless you're asking for a miracle car i don't know but again we're going with believable and reasonable to start with so if you can narrow it down to a specific thing then you have 50 pounds of pressure in a straight shot that's an intense punch to the face as far as your law of attraction vibrational track Mm -hmm. so the more specific you can get and narrow it down i find that it's more effective it's kind of like to me it's like a focus on a camera um, or as on a scope, like there is a sweet spot. That's a way better analogy. <laughs> well, because <Fine. laughs> well, because you can also overfocus, and the universe is like, well, that car doesn't exist yet, right? But it but will that goes along with reasonable, and, reasonable and believable, right? So it's it is an art mm-hmm. to focus, 
it is an art to ask. So we just did that episode with Kaylee where she had all these things that she wanted, but that she wasn't specific enough. And so she got this really fast answer with a whole lot of extras that she didn't bargain for. So you ask the universe for a new car and you don't really specify. And this clunker, you know, comes, you know, backfires down into your driveway. And well, you got a car. It's not going to get you to the, to the grocery store without breaking down twice, but at least you got one. Versus, you know, so, and then you have to over-specify to the point where, like, I want a brand new Tesla. And it's like, well, you're going to need, you know, so it's... The law of growth is going to take a lot longer right. for that. So it's like a scope or a camera lens. Too far out, it's blurry. Too far in, it's blurry. And it needs to kind of find this sweet spot where it's exactly clear. You've been specific enough, yet not over-specified so the universe has got his hands tied. Like it's, it's an art and it is something that is, mm-hmm. that's where coaching comes in. For that's sure. That's where having a friend who knows what they're doing, that's where having someone going, that sounds, and then you can poke holes in it and you can do this with, by talking, it's not like, it doesn't have to be a secret. It doesn't have to be like this one. Oh, the secret. Uh, right. Though. Exactly. It does, it, but it can be something you would talk about with friends and family and, and a coach and say, I'm, I really want this thing. I don't know how specific to be, and, and there's real value in processing that with through somebody. Agreed. I will caution that some people that are just, they're not into it, or they're naysayers or something, are the opposite of helpful. They're like, well, how would you even do that? Like, that doesn't even work that like. So choose wisely who you who you share right. that with. But Well, people have, you know, well, there's no way you can get a car without getting a bunch of debt, and everyone knows that debt is the devil. And everything, like, okay, yeah. like, you have other beliefs I don't carry. <laughs> yeah. And as far as like specificity and stuff, like car is not the best analogy, I, I suppose. What I've found is fine tuning the specificity around life situations for me. Like, okay, well, I need, I need a new place to live. Well, that's not what I meant. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> like fine tuning it and finding that balance. But, but the more that you do it, the more you'll like, okay, so I know if I ask for this, that's too vague and it could be something that I don't actually want comes along with it so it's fun if you can look at it as like this shiny new toy that you have and you need to learn how to play with it i think it's a lot of fun it's it's <laughs> fun to watch it unfold obviously there's pain in life but that comes with it sometimes oh, that's a belief oh no oh, yeah. well coronavirus oh i didn't do it <laughs> right so um it is coronavirus is this thing that has been felt around the world hmm law of attraction how to interact with it what did uh, do you have any thoughts on what the world did to attract it one <laughs> well i personally believe someone made it like bioengineered some shit or just because it's patented yeah i don't know <laughs> seems silly i know but again i do like people that understand this law and have a hunger for power um no matter the cost we need more people that understand this law that are good people <laughs> Because a lot of bad ones know how to use it um, and are. So it's kind of grim, I guess. As far as COVID itself, the more you focus on it, the more it's going to be in your in your direct circle. I don't think the media helps, obviously. The, I feel like the purpose of the media in a lot of things, especially like this, is to drum up fear. And we know that fear is the second most powerful emotion. And emotion is used for manifesting. So... You're going to be manifest. If you're sitting in your house, afraid to go grocery shopping, 
fear is a hugely powerful emotion. And we know, like I, already, I just said this, but we know that manifesting, which is the law of attraction. So I use those interchangeably. The law of attraction is fueled by how you feel. It's by the energy of your emotion. Because again, those aren't lies. You can't fabricate that or fake it. That's why your life doesn't look like how you think you want it to look. It looks like how you feel. Hmm. So Say that again. I don't remember what I said. Your life doesn't look like how you think you want it to look. I mean, that is... There's these one-liners that come out in conversation. I realize, like, all of these episodes come down to, like, five sentences. But those five sentences, most people just don't really... It's like, I mean, they're one of the other ones that I say all the time about... In order to change your life, you need to change your life. Yeah, I don't... Have you touched on what that really means? Because so many people, like, I'm going to change my life. Oh, but do you realize that for something new to come, the other thing has to be destroyed? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to keep both. You don't be like, oh, here's my little cute life that I have. I'm going to keep it over here in this little shadow box and build a new one. Like, that one doesn't get to exist anymore if you get a new one. You yeah, only get I mean, one. Case in point is I want a billion dollars. So I have all my friends and I have my job. I let, let's say you have this perfect life and the only thing missing is money. And you love your job and you love your family and you love your friends and you love where you live and you love your house and you love your dog and you love holidays and the vacations you go on. You love your schedule. Nothing feels out of place other than money, which obviously doesn't make any sense because... That sounds like the life I would have if I had a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say, just for the sake of argument, so now you decide to add a billion dollars into that picture. You think you're going to stay in the same house? Mm-mm. You're going to keep the same job? Not if it's not making me a million dollars. Do you think all of your friends are going to be able to handle the fact that you're a billionaire? Right. Or how many new friends will you have? Because you'll be going to new restaurants and going on new vacations. And you get the point. Maybe you can live in a place that you've never, you go visit on a vacation because you've got all this money and you realize, man, I want to live here. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a new house and a new friends and a new job. That's because the billion dollars showed up. Now, most of the time, those changes happen together, that your life changes and a little bit more money comes and you, you grow into that. So it's not this stark like these 20 friends and now they're all gone because I'm a billionaire. But that does happen to people. Mm-hmm. It's usually you start to vibrate at different levels and certain people come and go, certain jobs come and go, certain dynamics. But to change your life, your life will change. And your life is what Kat just said. Your life does not always look like how you think it should look or like you th- how you think you want it to look. But it always looks like how you feel. That is the secret. Feeling is the secret. I can't remember who wrote that book. I think it was Neville Goddard. Which the book? The Secret? Feeling is the Secret. Oh, it's a book? <laughs> That's oh, an actual title. I am so wise. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Feeling is the Secret. It's either, I know it's a, either a, a, a talk that somebody did, but I want to say it's the book. Lots of books have been written on it. You know, The Secret was not the first book to be written on this. You have right. Think and Grow Rich by... Uh, Homeboy, I can't remember his name. You've got Thomas Trower, uh, who wrote uh, The Creative Process of the Individual. You've got uh, Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Behrend. Um, You've got The Little Red Book by some guy, I can't remember. Oh, Dale Carnegie is thinking of rich. And then I think The Feeling is the Secret is also by Neville Goddard. And so this is not hard to find. Find these different communicators. I've never actually listed all these. Find these books and read them. 
find the ones that resonate more with you. There's different ways to explain it. There's different ways to unpack it. Uh, they're all true, and they're all simply people's, you know, different than my last 13 episodes on trying to explain this. There's, it's how life works. It's how you build the life you want. By all means, gosh dang it, figure out how it works for you. Yeah, that is a, that's key. And that's, again, going back to, like, one of the things I struggled with is how I perceived this needing to look like. Like, okay, well, if I'm manifesting or using the law of attraction, it has to look like A, B, and C. It does for that person. It doesn't It doesn't work that way for me. Kaylee doesn't visualize. I visualize a lot. I can't meditate. I, like, all of these other things. Just find what works for you, but also what resonates with you. Because, again, that's the energy that you're going to need to to lock into is that truth. Like, the truth of, like, oh, okay, this makes sense to me. I can actually use it. Like, put it in the machine and something will come out. One of the things that I was thinking earlier about visualization is, is I don't use visualization the way they describe it in The Secret, but I do use visualization when it comes to certain things that I want, like my dream house, Mm -hmm. right? That I understand that my dream house is an energy. And if I haven't defined what it looks like in my mind's eye, if I haven't walked through houses where I go, oh, that's a really cool feature, or that's a really cool color, or that's those are really cool tiles, or wow, I've never seen a shower built like that, or whatever. When you can fill in the blanks with now when I say what my dream house looks like, there are very few details that are not energetically present in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't close my eyes and visualize myself walking through it all the time or that. Um, I do have a habit when I wake up in the morning sometimes of kind of imagining that I woke up in my in the master bedroom of my dream house. <laughs> but and it's kind of my version of a vision board. It's there are certain things that I know I want and I've taken the time to be specific. I know what my dream vehicle is. Right? It's a GMC Sierra fifteen hundred Callaway edition. <laughs> And preferably some version of like a slate gray or a graphite color, not black, but depends on whatever year I get, whatever colors they have available. But <laughs> point being, that is, I don't See, have not a, too specific right? for the universe. <laughs> I don't have it on a vision board or any of that. I just, I've figured out what I do want mm. so that it's not this nebulous energy of like, someday I'll be able to afford my dream car. Well, what Which is someday is always in the future. Right. So if that's your belief statement also, like someday I'll have that truck. Someday, and then tomorrow, someday is still out there. Like it's always in the future. It's never now. Yeah, someday is never today. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. So it's, visualization isn't just close your eyes and picture that it can be, have you taken the time? And I did that in an episode. Like what do you really want? No, really want. Mm-hmm. Be specific. Do you know the car? Do you know what your house looks like? Do you know what your favorite, what your dream vacation is? Have you looked it up? Have you Googled it? Have you looked at the pricing? Have you started to even figure out some of these things? Or you just have these vague ideas of someday dream vacation. Well, what is it? Because the universe ain't got nothing to work with. Right. Vague ideas create vague energy. And so she's just up there like, I will. I'll get to it when you do. Exactly. So it's also partly putting in your own half of the work, like take the time to figure out what it is that you actually want. Mm-hmm. Go to go to a car dealer and test drive cars because that actually does help with the energy and the manifesting and stuff like that. And the excitement is an emotion and helps a lot. can help. Some people, it, it creates even further distance because they can't afford it right now. 
Ah. So you have to yeah, know your, you have to know yourself. Right, finding what works for you. Yeah. I don't test drive the vehicles because for me it does kind of create that like, all right, sales guy, I'll talk to you someday, and it does put Aww. it further out. But I do look at them and know like, oh yeah, I really want this. And if something new comes out, I look at new vehicles every year, type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, if something were to replace that, like I know Jeep has got some new, a new larger version of a Jeep coming out. I think next year. Then mm-hmm. I love Jeeps, so it's always between like a truck or a Jeep. So I'm gonna look at it, but I'm not gonna go test drive it. And and like I know me, mm-hmm. for me, test driving is one step too far towards the creating a bit of disappointment. I don't know. No, I'm, and that's legit. So, so knowing that is key. Right. And there's no condemnation just because I manifest differently than you do or vice versa. Like that's the beauty of individuality. So there's nothing, there's no right way. There's a wrong way. Certainly. But there's no, no like perfect formula for each that works across the board for everybody. No. And that's then that's the main reason for these interviews. Yeah. Is what works for you? What are some of your favorite? Do you have any other tools that you really like to use? For law of attraction, I do actually like I am an artist, and so a lot of my stuff is visual or tang like I, tactile. Tactile, I guess. Um, so I do visualize for whatever reason. I visualize better with my eyes open. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've tried visualizing with my eyes closed, and it's actually harder for me. But one of the things that I've learned to do through psyche is actually what introduced me to the concept of ritual and. So for me, my understanding, how I see manifesting and ritual and creation in our way, ritual makes a lot of sense for me. And what I mean with ritual is like, let's say it's a simple ritual of creating a sigil, which I can talk about another time as well. And then I feel like I'm supposed to burn it to release the energy of it, whatever. Like that sounds like witchcraft and witches use that stuff. I'm not a witch. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But I've learned, for me, having a tangible connection. So for me, I see that as my creative energy is in the spirit realm. So manifesting and law of attraction, all of that stuff is working in this ethereal spiritual realm, right? And so for me, these tangible physical actions and these physical objects are kind of creating a bridge, like an energetic bridge of bringing that energy into the physical realm. And so it is based on intention and like I am intending that burning this piece of paper with this thing on it is releasing the energy and sending forth my ask into the universe to bring me what I'm asking. And so I realize that's probably a (laughs) scary topic for some of your listeners, but let's think about communion on Sunday. Like why are we eating grape juice and stale bread? Yeah, I mean, Christianity's full of ritual. ritual. The Bible's full of even more when you go Old Testament. It's ridiculous. Well, let's not go there. Like, it's all ritual. I don't sacrifice anybody, but... No, and even down to an anointing oil or incense. I mean... There's so much intention behind these. Lighting the candles of the menorah. Right. It's all ritual. Yeah. So, it is that, for me, it's bridging the energy Mm -hmm. um, and giving it a physical... I feel like it makes it work faster and it's giving, it gives me a focus because sometimes it is hard to visualize and it's just this nebulous thing. But if I can like focus my energy to the point where I am choosing which items feel 
intentional for that ask and doing whatever motions or I don't know, whatever releases or whatever I feel like I'm supposed to do for that particular thing. It's just focusing my energy better. It's giving me something to focus on that's more tangible than just thought. Well, so a couple examples of why ritual is so important. We will do an episode on ritual and those things, but for the sake of the law of attraction and focusing on that as a tool, um, what it is is it is a focus point. You just said that, but think about like in the Bible, there's a couple major moments. The when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree, the faith or lack thereof mm-hmm. was long before they reached for the fruit. Mm-hmm. But the ritual moment, that moment of focus, that moment of release, was when they bit into the apple. Right? There's a whole discussion. There's all these thoughts going in. There's all this stuff. And but when everyone talks about the quote unquote fall of man, they point to that moment. Baptism is another one. How many of you have been Christians for years? And the, but there's this moment where you can go, you know, I was baptized on this date. And I believe that's exactly what baptism was always meant to be, was meant to be a, a marker moment of I am no longer who I was. I am a new creation, that my old nature is buried in the waters of baptism. You believed it before you ever got dunked. It's not like that getting dunked is this magic moment, but is a ritual moment mm-hmm. at which you can then focus that energy. And for the rest of your life, you tell people, this, that's the day I got, I became a new creation. Well, it is. It's the day, but it's not the moment. The moment was actually before that. But And so when you're working on these things, to take that energy and put it into a moment, mm-hmm. whether it is a Christian ritual or a pagan ritual or one you made up, ritual has an energy of focusing your intention and having a moment at which it happened. This is the moment I prayed that prayer. I think it's manifesting for the body. Like if we're... If we're thinking these thoughts, we're defining our ask and we're deciding what we want. That's a kind of our spiritual, our mind deciding those things. And then we go to the soul and the emotion and drum that up and like, okay, this is what it would feel like. Here's, here's where my energy is. And that energy again is truth. And so then we're not, we're, we are the three part being the spirit, soul and body. And so we have the spiritual component of the law of attraction. Like we're thinking through what we want and we're asking for it. And then our soul component is believing for it and bringing the emotion of having it and being grateful. And that's an energetic thing. And so for me, that does complete the three-part thing and having a tangible body focus, Mm -hmm. like being able to focus my body and bring that as a part of the manifesting or the law of attraction. Because so many Christians and so many spiritual people discount the body as not important. And it's so important. Yeah. And so it feels more well-rounded and complete. When I remember I that with Psyche as well, that the different balances you do with whole brain posture or with uh, new direction bal- or uh, yeah. resolution balance uh, with the arms and everything. I remember being so stoked to be like, oh my gosh, this is prayer, but it includes the body. Yes. And it concludes the, yeah. and it honors the body's part in believing because belief is so much mental and emotional that it's like, well, how do I do belief physically? Well, there's two things. You can have a ritual and then you can take an action step. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where belief IQ mm-hmm. takes. It does still do the ritual, but then it, in, in, and I would say in a lot of cases, knowing you that your rituals are your action step. Yeah. 
Like I, I'm feeling like I need to believe for this thing. And so I'm feeling intuitively that I need to do this, 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 and this. So I'm going to do it. And you call it a ritual, but from what I've seen, it's an action step. Yeah. It's a physical prayer. I've tried to explain to my mom who's still very, very much in the church and she gets, she's super supportive and she tries really hard, which is beautiful. And I'm grateful for that part in her, but she's very like, you're doing what? (laughs) And it's just physical prayer. Like it is praying and is saying this thing represents like just like going back to communion, just like how the wine or the juice represents the body of blood. This piece of paper or this feather or whatever represents this part of what I'm asking for or this part of the energy that I'm trying to tap into or access. And this thing represents that the fire represents the, you know, the rebirth, the destruction of the old and bringing in the new. Like. It is just, and I don't, I don't, I'm not pagan. I don't like, I don't go on the internet and I don't have like a Pinterest board full of rituals and spells that I do. Like these are all intuitive things that I feel led to do. I still have a very close relationship with spirit and with God. And so I've allowed myself to find this tool and I've given, actually you gave me permission. (laughs) Like (laughs) Your teachings gave me permission to find what actually works for me in a powerful way. Like, sure, I can stretch my rubber band. I can try to force myself into this way of doing it, but it doesn't work as effectively. It's not nearly as powerful as doing it my way. Right. And that is the, what works for you. Exactly. That is my, I have, I have a few mantras and that is as far as the results of what I teach. Is it working for you? Is it the results of anything that anyone's believing? Is it working for you? Right. Are you living the life that the Bible promises you? Show me your fruit. Are you living the life that Jesus said you he came to give you? If not, try something different. You don't have to disbelieve Jesus. Just try something different. Your modality can change. And Jesus can still love that modality, even if it's not officially sanctified by the church. <laughs> it can still be something good and useful. And, you know, I think I'll never forget when I learned that rituals, certain rituals were code. Were you there at North Point when we, I did a teaching on release? the release point like every great uh healer and like that they all have this moment of release where this thing that they've been believing for and then boom that's when they release it so jesus his release point for instance being putting mud on somebody's eyes Mm. right or telling them to cast on the other side that these points of like do this Mm -hmm. because you could Mm -hmm. just just put your net in the back in the water right but it was that there was a specificity to the action Mm mm-hmm being the reason and and at the church i had everybody uh we brought a uh, fire pit out on the back patio i don't know if i was there for that and everyone wrote down their prayer for they wrote down the prayer and empowered that and then everyone went out back when they felt ready they went and burned it oh i was there for that i don't know what i burned i don't remember so just that idea of it doesn't have to be some like but that's totally a pagan ritual. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You did it at church. Yeah. But that's, a, yeah, it's essentially, it is just your intention. And so if you go with the intention of like, I'm sacrificing this piece of paper to Satan, then yeah, you're doing a satanic <laughs> ritual. But, oh <laughs> but I mean, if you're, if you still love God and you're still of that mind, like he works in so many different ways and people are so beautifully different and unique that finding what works for you is is also fun but yes that was a ritual and communion is hugely a ritual and there's Baptism so many rituals yeah ritual and yeah i feel justified lighting the menorah is a ritual and putting christmas trees on your tree 
or lights on your tree and a tree in your house. Yep, they're all part of your life, but they've been officially told, you've been officially told that they're okay. And they're not scary. Like, if you can, like, those aren't scary things, but can you imagine if you understood the reason behind, the intention behind putting lights on your Christmas tree and putting that in your house? Like, how would your holiday feel different? How would your house feel different with a whole tree in it, with lights on it that represent... Stuff. Stuff. And moments of belief. Right. It's way more powerful. It's even for your subconscious mind, whether you consciously look at that tree every five minutes and be like, oh, it means this. Once you've put that meaning on your tree, as well as with sigil work as well, like once you put that meaning there, you don't ever have to like rethink through it again. Like it helps to meditate on things for sure. Mm -hmm. But like every time you see it, your subconscious mind is making that connection. So we are definitely done now this episode stop talking to me <laughs> it's been good it's been i actually like really like ending with ritual as well because that's not one of the tools i, I used i mentioned in the series um you did mention it i did not i don't think oh. but it is and if i i might have but i didn't get into it i only got into certain ones that were more known in the in the world of the law of attraction but ritual is i mean it's all in some ways they're all that it's kind of an all-encompassing concept that basically is, you know, create your own adventure, create your own tool. And yeah, so thank you for listening to this interview. And this does conclude the Law of Attraction series for now. I think I've already done multiple, at least two or three episodes on different aspects of the Law of Attraction over the last year and a half. I'll probably do another one someday. But for now, we'll move on to other subjects. <laughs> and uh, if you would consider donating, I would highly appreciate it. And um, as I've mentioned in a couple of episodes, this is all being recorded during the COVID-19 quarantine. And so I have actually had the opportunity to work on the websites and everything that I said I wanted to do forever. And they should be up by the time you hear this episode. So go check them out. Uh, go check out newagechristianity.org and uh, as well as austintaylorfletcher.com. That is where I have the pricing for my spiritual coaching. Um, or you can always just go to newagechristianity.org and it'll point you over there if you want to get into coaching and stuff. So um, any parting words for you? Nope. nope. Thanks for having me. Save the best for last. Of course. So, Love you guys. Hey, we will see you on the next episode.